2,000 years ago, as we heard in that gospel text, 2,000 years ago, they found the tomb to be empty. And the fact that the tomb was empty is a fact attested to by history. That you don't just have to read what the gospels say, that secular historians, even the enemies of Christianity, Roman historians like Tacitus, Jewish historians like Josephus, they all accept They all record that the tomb was empty. And the fact that the tomb was empty, as we heard there, came as a surprise to the disciples of Jesus. And actually, this is an important thing in itself, that the disciples of Jesus, as we hear elsewhere in the Gospels, they were slow to understand what Jesus had said. And even though Jesus had predicted many times that he would rise from the dead, his disciples hadn't grasped what he was on about. And this very fact actually testifies to the accuracy, the authenticity, the reliability of their record in the Gospels. Because if the Gospels were making things up, they'd make things up to make the leaders of the church, the 12 apostles, look good. Whereas instead they repeatedly described them as competitive and jealous and slow to understand. And if they're being true in recording those unflattering details, then it's an indication of just how much we can rely on them for accuracy in things like this record of the resurrection. So the empty tomb, it came as a surprise to the disciples. It was a surprise to Mary Magdalene, the very first one there. A surprise to Peter and John who came running afterwards. And when the Lord later appears to a total of over 515 witnesses to his resurrection, it's the same pattern again and again. They're filled with joy seeing him after his resurrection, but they're also surprised. Now, on one level, they're right to be surprised that people don't rise from the dead. It's something you don't expect. And yet here was someone who did. Well, who was this man who rose from the dead? Well, as we heard St. Peter describing in our first reading, he had for three years gone around doing good and curing the sick. He'd been preaching a gospel of repentance. He'd been offering forgiveness of sins. He'd been claiming for himself the divine authority to do all kinds of things that only God could do, like forgiving sins. And it was precisely because he claimed to be God that ultimately they crucified him for blasphemy, nailing him to a cross. And yet, after three days in the tomb, the tomb was found to be empty. And for a further 40 days, he appeared to people. The scriptures record at least 515 people he appeared to. He may have appeared to others that they didn't record. And these witnesses, they didn't just see a ghost, as Peter described there. They ate and drank with him. They touched him, as we'll hear in the records in uh, the weeks ahead. St. Thomas put his fingers into the hands 
in the wounds in his hands and his hand into the wound in his side. That it wasn't just a ghost. It was someone with flesh and blood who had risen and come back to them. So these witnesses, these 515 witnesses, what did they gain for having said they'd seen the risen Christ? Well, at first, they gained nothing but doubt and derision. After that, it got worse. They got persecution and martyrdom. That at a worldly level, they gained nothing by claiming to have seen Christ. They had no motive to claim it unless it was true. But there is something that they gained. And it's the same thing that you and I can gain if we will but accept their testimony today. Namely, the hope of a better life. The promise of eternal life in heaven. And living in the knowledge of that life changes also how we experience how we live this life here below as well. As we heard in our second reading from Colossians, it empowers us to look for the things of heaven where Christ is, to look to where our true life is, because he is our life, if we will but let him be so. So inside your newsletter today, there is a sheet summarizing some of the arguments demonstrating the truth of the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. On your chairs, there are these blue invite cards to a film evening we'll have in a couple weeks, um, again, offering proof for the resurrection. That it's not a myth. It's not just wishful thinking. If we accept the evidence of those who saw it, we therefore accept him who rose from the dead. It can change our lives, but only if we will accept the evidence.